Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Mandy and the F-Bomb. Hey y'all, welcome back. On this episode, we've got Kara Beth Wagstaff. Kara's been in the foster community for six years, and she's co-founder of Refuge Waco Ministries. It's a nonprofit that seeks to provide innovative solutions to current gaps in foster care. She is a wife to her husband, Kyle, and they have a four-year-old son, and they are adopting a 15-year-old in the next month. Kara, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad to hang out with you. You know, what you guys don't know is Kara Beth is actually a friend of mine, so I'm super excited to have her on our first episode with a guest so I can look at a face that is very familiar to me. So why don't you tell me a little about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I first got involved with foster care whenever my older sister became a foster parent. Um, like any good sister who is also, I would say, her best friend, um, <laughs> we just dived right in. You know, we all dove yeah. in together. Yep. And so when she became a foster parent, I became a babysitter, a licensed yeah. babysitter and respite provider. So during that time, my husband and I were dating, we got married, we shortly thereafter got pregnant, and so our biological son is four years old now. When he was about 18 months old, we dove into foster care as foster parents. Um, we had been hosting a mentorship program, and um, we'd done that for a while, we'd been mentoring teens, and one night we just sat down over dinner, and I was like, dang it, I know we've always said we would do this. We just didn't know the timing. It is time. Let's do it. And so we just decided to dive in. And so we've officially been foster parents for a couple years now. And um, we have fostered we fostered six children last year during 2020. And then we decided to pursue matched adoption of a teenager who was legally free for adoption. And so... Um, with her, that was seven total last year, and we're looking forward to finalizing our adoption in the next month or so. so. I know. I'm looking forward to yes. that as well. I'm so excited yes. for your family. Thank you so much. Um, so you said you got into foster care because your big sister kind of opened the door. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. Look at well, you, sweet little sister. It. Yeah, but yeah. we knew nothing. Um, and, and most people don't. Most people don't. And I, I like to laugh about um, just stereotypes of things we know nothing about. Yeah. Um, I think everybody has like a vague memory of like their first introduction to like what foster care is and what foster parents are. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a movie by the Olsen twins called It Takes Two. Oh my gosh. 
And one of them is, like, in a group home, and then this family wants to adopt her, and they, like, literally call them on the movie Child Collectors. Oh, my God. I don't know if you ever saw this. Their names are the Butt Kisses, and they're like, we're going to adopt you, and you're going to be Little Betty Butt Kiss. And I constantly laugh about that. I just told our caseworker the other day, I was like, well, people who don't know us probably think we're just over here with Little Betty Butt Kiss. Like, just Did she know what you were talking about? She did. Yeah, we had a good good laugh about it. But, you know, before my sister introduced us to foster care, we knew nothing about it. And so, you know, I think we talk about, like, head in the sand moments a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. for us, we definitely had our heads deep in the sand, just not really knowing about it until she opened our eyes. Um, And then we just all dove in together. Because you can't. And see it. You can't, yeah. I think everybody asks foster parents, why are you a foster parent? Like, what? And I'm like, there, there's not. I literally had someone the other day ask me, well, what are the pros and cons? And I'm like, honey, <laughs> this, this, isn't, this isn't a Costco membership. It's not something that are yes. pros for you. You're not getting a benefit out of this. You do it not because it's like, you know, oh, I'm getting some benefit out of it. You're doing it because once you see something, you yeah. can't unsee it. Yeah. And I think that that's the answer a lot of foster parents give. People say, oh, why do you foster? Because I knew there was a need, and I'll never yeah. be the same since I knew that. That's right. So. Well, and I think that's exactly what it is. I think foster care is some other thing um, that is kind of removed from people. And I see this a lot where people kind of go, like, they have these preconceived ideas about yeah. foster care. And th- the reality is, is – they're not foster kids. They're kids in care. Yes. It's not just biological family. These are families yep. um, that are going through a really rough time most of the times. And it's once you, um, again, I've said this before, but the stories. It's once exactly. you get involved with the stories and you get to know the people that you realize, ooh, like, I can never not unsee this again. Because then it's not a them versus us. It's just a we thing. And we can all just pitch in together. You actually did a really, really good job of that. And I just loved watching you do it. Thank you. You were fostering um, two little ones. And their mama was working really, really hard at reunification. I just remember watching you um, step up and just come alongside this mom in such a beautiful way. And y'all would text and y'all would talk and y'all would chat about the girls and all the great things and all the, you know, crazy things that little girls do. And I just love watching you do that. Do you still have a relationship? We do. Now? Yes, it's been awesome. So, um, going back to my sister fostering, you know, before that, it was I had this very much like I had this, I very much had this us versus them mentality, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I was ready to just come alongside her, but in a way that I would would never do now, you know. Beforehand, before I met anyone involved in the foster community, I was like, oh, what these people do wrong? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How are we going to fight them? And yeah. what I then saw and said was I got to watch my sister hugging people in the middle of a courtroom saying, hey, I'm taking care of your kids. I, mm-hmm. Whatever I can do for you, what can I do to make this easier for you? Mm-hmm. You know, if I can do nothing else, I want to let you know that they're safe and they're loved and that we're rooting for you. Yeah. And I was just – I'm so thankful I got to witness that, Um, you know, and so we had been fostering for a little bit. We actually had four kiddos come and go pretty quickly throughout our home, and then I got a call one day, can you take these little girls? They're from two hours away. Nobody else will take the two of them, so if you say no, we're going to start looking for homes where we can split them up, and I was like, no, bring them, bring them on, Mm -hmm. and so these little girls show up. Um, Big sister (laughs) immediately 
you know, they said, oh, she's, you know, she might be upset. She jumps out of the car, wraps her arms around me and said, do you have toys inside? Let's go. And so (laughs) I can see that. Oh, yes. Yes. That is, there's some leadership potential there. I Um, hear you. Yes. And so, you know, I didn't know, I, I, you know, kids get placed in your home and you don't know where they come from, you know, very little. And so immediately I just felt this fondness for them and their family and wanting to love on them. And it came time that we had an opportunity to meet their parents. Um, I was dropping them off for a visit and I knew their parents would be there. And sure enough, we show up in a grocery store parking lot and there they are, you know, kind of pacing beside their car. And I knew I want to introduce myself. Um, I was prepared for any reaction that there could be. I was prepared that um, this woman may want nothing to do with me. She might be angry at me. Well, and I think we talked about how, like, it is maybe sometimes a foster family's knee-jerk reaction to go, you know, these people are bad. Yes. Like, foster care, your kids in foster care equals bad parenting. Mm -hmm. But I think on the flip side, it's fair to say that parents who have their kids um, removed and placed in foster homes have a knee-jerk reaction that goes, these people could be terrible. Yeah, And these people are taking my kids from me. And these people... They just, you just never know. And I can't imagine like being in such a vulnerable time in my yes. life and and being in that moment. So Absolutely. I think, I know you're going to talk about this um, a little bit about her reaction and stuff, but I can't imagine the strength it takes to like build a relationship with you on her end yeah, um, that's while she's going vulnerable. through this time. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I agree. And I think it's just kind of a natural reaction as humans that we want to when we're when we're upset with a situation, we want to lash out at the people in that situation as opposed to just acknowledging I'm really upset about the situation, not at the people around me. So yeah. I was expecting any reaction, and instead I she, she marches right up to me, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> marches right up to me and sticks her hand out and is like, hi, I'm, I'm these girls' mom. It's very nice to meet you. I just want to say thank you for taking care of my kids. I was blown away with just, just the gracefulness, the graciousness, and um, – just how how willing she was to be in relationship with me when their experience wasn't good. Um, yeah. They had already had two other homes um, say that they couldn't they couldn't handle the children and they they couldn't foster them anymore and had officially turned in um, what's called uh, disrupting placement where they turn in a notice and say, "Hey, we need you to move these kids." So not not a great experience thus far, and she was still willing to do whatever it takes to. Um, communicate and have a relationship and do what's best for these kids, even whenever that is so, so hard for her. Um, And what I was immediately struck with was, you know, and this isn't always the case, but I looked at this woman and I, and we're the same age. We, her, uh, her mother-in-law leaned out the window of the car and said, oh my God, in another life, you guys could be sisters with like the same long auburn hair. Like, yeah, I was like, we look like we could be sisters. You're right. And so, Obviously, that's not always the case, but in that moment, I think it just, it really spoke to how much, like, we're all just people, and, like, we're both just moms who want to love these kids, Yep. and I think that I constantly reminded of the privilege I've had of growing up with a supportive community and with a good family, um, because I think that, I think we are being prideful if we don't acknowledge that we could be on the flip side of mm-hmm. 
this foster care triad. We mm-hmm. could be on the flip side of that triad if yep. we were born into a different family or we had different privileges and experiences Or even up. just made different decisions. Like, Absolutely. I'm a big believer that we're all about three bad decisions and yep. two bad situations away from being detriment. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, and she walked up to me and we just had conversations and she said, you know, we made, we've made dumb choices. I will not lie. I will not pretend like we haven't. And I regret it so much, and I want to do anything I can for these babies so that they have a better life than I had growing up and so that they never have to go through this again. And I was just so struck by her honesty Mm -hmm. and her humility. Yeah. And so... I can't even... Listen, same, same. We had a similar situation um, with with a mom that we knew because Mm -hmm. of foster care, and just she had every reason in the world to hate me. Yeah. She has been through so much, and instead, she is gracious, and she loves me, and she communicates, and I can't even tell you how much I learned from her Yeah. Um, because of that. Absolutely. She's just amazing. Yeah. So, and I want to insert a caveat here that I don't think either of us are insinuating that there aren't some cases where it is not healthy um, yeah. to have a relationship with with biological parents, and um, there are some cases um, where it is completely um, not just appropriate but necessary that kids aren't reunified and um, go back to biological parents. There are definitely those cases too. So I don't want to paint a rosy picture that we think that foster care is all like roses and sunshine because it's it's not. not. Like So let's just put that out there. That definitely – um, there are cases where it's not appropriate, and there are concrete reasons for kids being removed. Absolutely. Um, but when it is safe and appropriate to have um, relationships and, and everyone's comfortable with it, mm-hmm. in those cases, typically it's what's best for the kiddos. Yeah, and absolutely. I love that you were able to do that, and I know that's something that we share in our stories. Yeah, and, you know, I think that – I think there might be foster parents out there who have never had to deal with those awful worst case situations which is awesome but I do think it is worth you know it is worth saying um putting a caveat out out there and saying that I think you and I have both dealt with some of these worst of the worst situations I have dealt with foster cases that were also criminal cases I've Mm -hmm. I've we've seen the worst of the worst and I think what is so important to me to share is that we don't become jaded by those worst of the worst situations to where we are against bio parents all the time because we've dealt with people who are honestly just, I mean, we've dealt with people who are just monsters and there's no way around that. I mean, when you want to love and protect these kids, there is no way around that, that there are monsters in this world. But I think it's important we don't demonize every single parent we come across because at the end of the day, um, the fact is, is the vast majority of kids that we've we've run across in the system have actually come from families where it was cyclical. Their parents were in the system or should have been in the system. Um, there's a lot of cyclical trauma and abuse. And so um, I think it's just important that we not demonize people and give people a chance. And um, with our girls, I'm so thankful that I did um, because, you know, we just treated them and treated their parents the way we would want to be treated if yeah. it was our children. 
Um, we were fostering them throughout the midst of the pandemic. Um, CPS <laughs> shut down visits, and so we were doing FaceTimes. If you've yep. ever done a FaceTime with a baby, it's not easy. Or you know? fun for anyone. It's not fun for anyone, no. honestly. Yeah. There were times where um, I could tell it was hard for them. You know, my yeah. husband and I, I would say, we have to trade off. I can't do it tonight. I just, emotionally, physically, I just can't of course. do this. And we did it every night. Yeah, The, the state yep. only required us to do once weekly visits, but we knew the kids were on their road to reunification, and we just felt like once a week was, I felt like personally it wasn't enough for these parents in this situation where I'm watching them work their complete booties off. And so we did um, FaceTimes every night, and um, then once visits resumed, they began visits, and then they were reunified successfully. Yes. Yes, after reunification. Yes, they, they reunified right before um, baby sister turned a year old. We got to go to her birthday party. Oh, my god! Yes, and they've been so amazing with just wanting to continue being in community with us. Um, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. You know, and something that stood out um, is towards the end, you know, it was hard. I think that the closer it got towards the end, the harder it got, Um for the girl's mom and there was just one day where I could tell we had finished a visit and she was just kind of in tears and just just worn out and I felt yeah. her I think we all felt that I mean I can't imagine it. getting, getting close, close to the finish line getting close oh to the finish gosh. line in the middle of a pandemic everything yeah. going on so much uncertainty and she was just worn out and I just told her like I'm so proud of you and she just kind of broke down and was like you know she was like I don't have a like a mom my mom made other choices outside like she chose other things over being a mom. I don't have a mom. I don't have a huge, amazing community. A lot of people don't know I'm going through this, and I'm too embarrassed to share that with them. And so I don't – I've ne- I've not this entire time had anyone tell me they're proud of me. This is the first time anyone's told me that they're proud of me, and you don't know what that means to me oh to hear gosh. that. And so I realized throughout this, these, these children needed parental figures while in foster care but so did their mom. You yeah. know, she needed someone to say, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great You're job. You're doing a good You're job. A- Keep going. Yes. I mean, even the other day she called me um, because she was dealing with the behavior and with one of the children and asked my advice and I gave her advice and then... Um, I told her, like, you're doing a great job. You're a good mom. And she's like, again, I'm like, you don't know what that means to me. <sighs> yeah. it, it means so much. And so. Well, and I think it all goes back to this is relationships. It is. And, and we need so, community. And that's the thing that I think some people are, maybe they understand, but they're a little bit hesitant. And I get it because relationships are messy. They are. Um, but the goal of foster care typically um, and appropriately is reunification. Right. So at the beginning of every case, it'll say goal of the case is reunification. And sometimes... Um, the the best thing for the kids is for it to head towards adoption. Right. Um, but in the cases of reunification, my goodness, my goodness, like it's about, it can be about building relationships. And mm-hmm. I think you did such a good job of that. And I, I see a lot of people that want to like volunteer with foster care or want to donate items with foster care and, and stuff like that, which is awesome. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. Um, it's great, and I know you and I are both so grateful for that, but I think that the thing that sometimes people don't want to step into that would be the most impactful is relationships or mentorship. Right. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I, I just think that you did such a good job of, of that. And I want to kind of on that note, I want to segue into um, real quick about Refuge Waco because we were talking just about mentorship. And I know you guys um, don't mentor parents that are reunifying, but you are mentoring at-risk youth. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that whenever we started Refuge Waco, um, the main areas we saw that needed improvement is – we need to prevent kids from aging out. Mm-hmm. We need to help kids who have aged out. And then another thing is, like you mentioned earlier, mentoring families who have reunified. I think, to me, those are the biggest three goals. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've started with mentoring youth. Our goal is to help um, prepare youth for adulthood. We have had a couple of kiddos age out. And... Um, I've seen huge improvements in their life because of our mentorship program. Um, Our biggest goal, and this always has been our biggest goal, is having transitional living. Um, There are, you know, TLP programs, transitional living programs in the state of Texas um, through CPS, but unfortunately the problem becomes that a lot of kids don't trust CPS or don't want to be a foster youth anymore. Yeah. And so um, I think that in addition to that, there aren't many transitional living programs. Um, there are only a handful throughout the state. And mm-hmm. um, we got to visit one in Dallas that was amazing, beautifully run. They can only house up to six girls at a time in their program. So over the over the you know whole state, that's not very many spots for these kids. And we have mm-hmm. thousands of kids aging out every year. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge need. We would love to have transitional living. Um, but in general, I think, one day we would just love to have some form of um, of just a foster care community center in our community where we have we have transitional living, we have our mentorship program running, we have a mentorship program for parents who have reunified, led by other parents who have been through it and know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is our goal: is to bring the community together and have all these programs and then to branch out from there um we started as refuge waco ministries we also have the blanket organization refuge ministries international and our goal is to branch out and to have a refuge phoenix to have a refuge little rock you know we want to see this spread because this isn't just an issue in our community this is a nationwide um, problem that we're facing and you know I think it's, again, one of those things where once you know about it, you can't unknow it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. There's no putting your head back in the there sand. There isn't, There's no putting your head back in the sand because 
then then you know. Yep. Then you know. And then um, whether you want to or not, um, it becomes it becomes your and it's not an obligation, but your responsibility. And I say that in the best way possible Absolutely. because I think it is, though it's difficult at times and complex and you kind of live in a state of conflict 24-7, um, I think it is such um, a joy and so fulfilling to be able to basically like, be your brother's keeper. Like, I don't yeah. know like how to say it better. I know that's such like a cheeky um, cliche term, but like I get we, we are for one another. We are for one another. And I, I know you and I just as as women, we are always like, yeah, let's build each other up. Let's Absolutely. lift each other up um, because whenever you're thriving, I'm thriving. Um, but I think that's the case with our community, period, is whenever you're thriving, I'm thriving. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing is is that supporting foster youth is good for everything. Yep. I mean, it's, it's it, it, just everything within the way our society runs. I mean, the fact is, is that foster youth across the United States are at a devastatingly high risk of becoming a trafficking victim, becoming homeless at the age of 18. Um, unfortunately, the the statistics are devastating regarding how many foster youth commit suicide or will be dead by 30. And not only that, um, a devastating, staggering statistic that I read whenever we were first starting our organization. Um, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the statistic was that 98% of people on death row were at some time in foster care in their life. Oh my gosh. I've never heard that yeah. before. It, it gave me the chills. Um, the fact is, is that if you are passionate about human trafficking victims, if you're passionate about the homeless population, if you are passionate about seeing decreased crime rates, decreased, um, number of people in our prison system, if you're passionate about any of those things, then congratulations, you're passionate about foster care. That's because right. if you help the foster youth, if you help families, then you drastically decrease all of these other things that plague our society. And, and what that comes down to, and I think that we've talked about this throughout this episode, is relationships. Yes. It, and it, we are so grateful. I know that in your organization and the one that I'm involved in, um, we are so grateful for people that donate and donate their time and donate their financial resources and donate practical caregiving items. Um, the, the impact of that is phenomenal, but even more weighty than that is donating yourself, your relationships, um, your, your time to, to build other people up and meet them in their mess. And I think that's what we all want is to just be met in the mess that we're in until we're not in that mess anymore. So I think you guys are doing such a good job with that at Refuge, and I think that you have done such a great job of that as a foster parent. I'm so excited for you you. guys, for your family. We're we're so just so happy with where we're at. Um, Good. You know, our, again, the you can't bury your head in the sand, that's what led us to where we are. We mentored teenagers. My husband and I, I'm 27. He's about to have a birthday in a few weeks, and he'll be 31, I believe. And you're adopting a... 15-year-old. Yes. 15-year-old. <laughs> um, and again, you know, people constantly say, oh, well, you're not old enough to be her mom. Yeah, well, you know, she needs a mom. She does. Um, and you are a good mom to thank her. Thank you so much. Yeah, we. she's an amazing kid. Yeah. I think that... 
I'm so passionate about breaking down the stereotypes about about foster care and about foster youth. Um, and one of those things is that there's a huge stigma that older kids in foster care are bad kids. Um, and have you ever seen the TV show The Fosters? It's no, a, no. Well, you you got to watch me it. That, I that know, I should. I know, I, I know. So my teenager actually is the one who asked me to watch it. I just finished the entire show. And there is something in that show that one of the moms um, on the show says. Um, the the foster mom, she tells this teenager the day she brings her in. And, and on the show, um, this family had never fostered teens before either, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And they took in a girl who had all the odds stacked against her. Um, they said either they took her in or she was going to juvie. And so they go and they pick her up, and she says, you are not disposable, and I need you to – you need to stop believing and behaving as if you are. And in the last episode, she tells her that. Do you remember what I told you the day you moved in? You are not disposable. And what I've found is so many of these youth, you know, think that nobody wants them, that they are disposable. And yeah. I'm so passionate about just sharing, like, these are these are kids. They're and kids. They're just kids. Yes, they're just yeah. kids. And um, I think that there's so much – people don't even know the stigmas that they have. When we announced, hey, we're adopting a teenager, people were like, oh, my gosh. Like, are you sure about that? Well, and probably they've never thought of that before. They didn't think through what they were saying. No, I get it. And I love that you are out here breaking down those stereotypes and you are passionate about sharing about your family and what you guys are doing. It's phenomenal. And it's going to be good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're just very... I know that there's a, again, a misconception of people saying, oh, foster youth, like, they're so lucky to have you. And I think that we both know, like, we are so lucky to have them. Yep. So that's where we're at. I'm very thankful. Right. I love it. Thank you so much for coming in, Caravath. I'm so excited to see you and share your story. Um, You are phenomenal, and I'm so glad to have had you. Thank you so much. So, Kara, before you go, I know we've talked a lot about your experience in foster care. But this is the part of the show where I'm going to ask you to narrow it down a little bit. So what was your F-bomb moment? What was the moment when you knew you were never going to be the same again because of foster care? It's hard to pick just one. It's hard to pick just one. Or was it a season? I think for some people it's a season, but you had to distill it down through this now that I've like, because <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, we kind of already like discussed No, that's that. good. We'll just go over that again. Yeah. So, you know, I think that the two things that stand out to me the most are realizing that foster care is not us versus them, but instead it's all of us. It's all y'all getting together and doing what's best for these kids. And then I think that the second moment for me was running a mentorship program, falling in love with these older kids. We, to be honest, we had only fostered young children. Our agency originally licensed us. They originally licensed us for ages zero to five. And so we had only ever fostered babies and toddlers, little ones. And um, there were just so many moments where my heart went out to these older kids. Um, I have this bad habit of... um, going and looking at the heart gallery and sharing on my Facebook page, trying to help find homes for these kids. And I don't think that's a bad habit. In love. I just yeah. like, I want, I want to parent all of these kids because they need it. Um, and so 
that was kind of my moment where I was just realizing how many older kids there are in care. And, you know, I think we, we, as we all say like, oh, I just wish I could take them all home. Well, at the end of the day, we can't do that. And it wouldn't be, that's, that's not serving anyone. We can't parent every single child, although anyone who wants to parent a teenager, get with me and I will help that's you right. with that program. That's right. Um, you know, we, we can't f- parent them all, but you know, we just said we can parent at least one. We can parent yeah. a teenager who needs a home. Um, and we were, I feel like we needed her as much as she needed us. Yeah. And we've just come together and made this beautiful family yeah. together. Um, and I'm so grateful. My son loves his older sister. He starts calling her sissy the past few days, which oh just goodness. wrecks my heart. I love it. Of course. Oh, and he is obsessed with his sissy. He loves to go and watch her TV and sneak her candy. I love it. Um, but yes, I think that was just my moment was realizing um, and then realizing over and over and over again how much the misconceptions are false. And um, and I just, I think for me, I wish everybody knew what I know and has gotten involved in the ways that we have because your life will never be the same. That's uh, right. Some good ways, some bad ways. Yep. You will forever be wrecked. Um, but... As much as I say there's no pros and cons to foster care, I can't tell you how much it has enriched our lives to to add people to our community, to become part of other people's communities. You you gain so many meaningful relationships. We've gained a beautiful daughter and all these relationships. Um, just the other day, our girl's mom that I spoke of uh, earlier uh, sent me pictures to send me that big sister lost her first tooth. Oh my gosh. Getting to share in those moments is just priceless. Yes, and so yeah. I think that time and time again, these priceless moments, these hard moments, these good moments, all of those are my F-bombs. And if you know me, I have a bit of a potty mouth, so I am actually dropping some <laughs> F-bombs under my breath as these, as these moments happen. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, think, me too, any, girl. Me too, girl. Any real life foster parent is. That's um, right. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So those are my F-bombs. Well, awesome. So if somebody wanted to get involved with Refuge, how would they get a hold of you? Absolutely. You can go to our website at refugewaco.org. You can get in contact with us there, read a little bit more about our missions. um, And that's where I am. I'm also on TikTok, which my daughter's not impressed with at all. Oh, drop that (laughs) handle. Let's make you real popular. Yes. So that's, you can find me all over the, all over the web being an awkward mom. And it is. Oh, my TikTok. I'm probably, (laughs) right now it's the real with Kara B. Probably don't know if that's going to change in the future. That's just what I said it as. I love when it. I first started TikTok. I love it. So. And you have the coolest TikToks. I'm never going to be <laughs> as cool as you. I mean, I'm not doing all the dances, but at least I can uh, can amuse somebody. So <laughs> definitely amusing me, girl, and your teenager. So uh, I think that's sometimes. A I think well, she she will not admit how cool I am, but I think she is low key impressed. Oh, I think I'm, I'm sure. I'm bussing, as the kids say. Oh, my God. <laughs> so bussing, I'm learning all the words, but I'll get there well, one day. On that note, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank I you. love spending time with you. Thank you so much for having me. Mandy and the F-Bomb is produced by Rogue Media. Make sure to like and follow us on social media, and you can find our show anywhere you get podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com.
This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Thank you.